This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Milton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing? I am fantastic, and it is a big day today. It's our drive time. It's the time where twice a year we encourage our listeners to step up and make a contribution to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You can do that by calling 1-888-372-GIVE, 1-888-372-4483, or give through the MPB Public Media app, or give at mpbonline.org. But that's not all we're celebrating. <laughs> a year ago, Coach agreed to be our expert host, and we have loved having you, Charlie. Well, thank you so much, and it's been a delightful time being here. So you're still here, and you've been uh, uh, in the folks in Mississippi, parts of Tennessee, Alabama, Louisiana, and Arkansas, uh, and the world have appreciated you. What, what have you what have you thought about your reflect on your year for us? Well, I think I've I've learned a lot because going out and helping people and telling them what's wrong with their vehicle and giving them some type of advice so they can maybe save some money and maybe do it themselves. And I think the best thing out of all of it is just helping people do things that maybe they don't really understand. Well, and I think you completely exemplify MPB's mission. We love that you're here. You are giving to the state and the world. Um, you don't get anything out of it. <laughs> you don't have a business to promote. Um, and uh, we don't pay you anything. And we, we appreciate you. And, you know, that's kind of with our, our listeners. We, you know, we want them to contribute. And, you know, they get the benefit of all of our programming and they also help everybody else by contributing so man i'm so so folks if you're listening to me and you see coach charlie where do the clinton arrows bowl what's the name of that bowling center there they're indian bowling center on highway 80 so if you're in indian lanes and you hear coach go go give coach a big thumbs up if you are see him out uh, at the grocery store or out to eat uh cock of the walk in flora or someplace coach has got a distinctive voice so give him a big thumbs up and a big pat on the back and say thank you to coach 
for the last year. We've got some balloons. We'll have some pictures on our show page. Well, you know, we do thank all the listeners for listening. And uh, just the whole thing is hoping that they have got something out of the last year where they have been able to learn and be able to understand their vehicle more. Because there's, with all the two new technology and everything, people don't really understand everything. And so today, changing things and changing the way it's said. And so maybe all of our listeners can get a better understanding of their vehicle. But, you know, Liz, I think this is a focal point of my week. Every week, Thursday morning, I'm excited because I know that I'm going to go and talk on the radio and maybe be able to help somebody. So proud. All right. So we've got some emails to do today. So let's start with this first one. They've got a 96 Chrysler Town and Country, and that's also kind of the same as a Dodge Grand Caravan right. under a different name. It's so old, <laughs> repair parts aren't available any longer. I'm going to be with you, Terry and Anna, in just a few years. I have several problems. So let's start with the first one. Number one, windshield wipers don't work unless I constantly squirt the windows with the window wash device. AutoZone special wipe assembly and the Chrysler dealership installed it, but the wiper still didn't work. What? Well, the first thing, AutoZone sold you a wiper assembly. Well, your wiper assembly was working, and maybe the it has a control module that controls that wiper assembly. So you might want to look at it and see if there is a control module, not just in the wiper unit itself, but maybe there's one on the vehicle. Okay. Next one, HVAC system doesn't work. A mechanic told me I needed a new electronic control unit, but even among the big national auto parts suppliers, no such item is available for my old car. Uh, your best bet on this one here is go to a uh, salvage yard, uh, and you may not find it in Mississippi. You may have to go to Texas or somewhere, but go on the Internet, look at salvage yards, put that year, make a model of that vehicle, and tell them that you're looking for uh, automatic temperature control uh module because the module is the whole thing that's in front that is your air conditioner so you can find one used most likely or one of those places pick aparts is that um, kind of thing or is that something different anybody that goes to pick apart you really know you need to know how to take it apart for you get mm. there and if you don't if you don't have the mechanical knowledge you may not be able to get it all out okay all right all right so number three and this one's kind of a long one uh, the gas gauge is inoperative. Oh, dear. When I do fill up, it will only take four to five gallons, and the gas gauge bell never stops ringing. Oh, okay. That. So what... Uh, what what about that? So on the gas gauge, it's inoperable. If it's the, the gauge itself, most likely it's going to come from the send-in unit down in the tank where the fuel pump is. And so it's usually part of the fuel pump now, and that's where the level, float level and all is. So you might want to check that before you go any further. Okay. And then number four, all the fancy indicators, fancy, for temperature and distance to gas tank empty, etc., don't work anymore. Is there any way I can bypass these apparent digital problems and install old-fashioned analog parts, or what would you suggest? Now, you can go to the parts store, and you can get analog gauges and put on those vehicles. You know, you had to mount it on the dash somewhere, but you can get uh, analog gauges and put them on there in the place of those digital gauges. All right. Um the rest of the vehicle is in great shape. I don't know how much the rest of it is, and I can't afford to buy another car. Well, Terry and Anna, I hope you heard, Coach. I'll email Terry and Anna to let them know that Coach uh, took a look at that uh, email. And, folks, remember, you can always send us your emails. Our address is auto at 
mpbonline.org. We're not taking your phone calls today because it's drive time, but you can always you can make a contribution through the app online at mpbonline.org or call 888-372-4483. So let's go to Mark's email. We have a 97, look at these folks hanging on to these 90s cars. We have a 97 Mazda Protégé. Once it warms up and I stop at a stoplight, it idles erratic, feels like it could stall. No check engine light, and my mechanic said he didn't see any problems, but I know it's a problem. Please help. I asked him to replace the spark plugs, clean the air filter, and I'm going to get seafoam for the gas. Well, what it sounds like to me here, Mark, is that you may have a vacuum leak somewhere. Usually when it's cold weather that the engine RPMs and it'll idle, idle higher, and so you don't feel it as much. But once it gets warm, now you'll feel the vacuum leak, and it'll feel like it's about to die. But I think the best thing you're doing right now is changing the spark plugs in it, getting that clean air filter and that sea foam for that gas. That will help, and if there is a vacuum leak, the technician should be able to find that pretty easy okay from from my experience of being with you my investigative mind says i asked him to one two three tell us what you think about that well is that okay for this thing Oh, yes. Like I said, replace the spark plugs and clean the air filter and get the seafoam for the gas. All that will work, and that should help it if there's not a vacuum leak. Now, usually you say don't tell the mechanic what to do. Right. You need to have them investigate it. If there's a vacuum leak, they should be able to find it pretty easy. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do one more. Um, This one's from Whiskers Kitchen. Okay. (laughs) You do, you Whiskers. Have received very different estimates. $300 up to $1,000. Okay, this is changing spark plugs in a 2012 V6 Toyota Highlander. I've received very different estimates, $300 up to $1,000. Why? And why is it necessary and reasonable? Maintenance manual requires plug change at 120,000 miles. Uh, response, Response appreciated. So tell us about changing spark plugs in this Highlander. Well, Mac, changing spark plugs, it can range anywhere, you know, according to how much the spark plugs are. Matter of fact, I just did one the other day on a Ford, and it had six spark plugs just like this Highlander. The spark plugs were $13.99 a piece. That's what my cost was. So if you were, if somebody was going to do it, their cost would be $13 or $14 for those spark plugs and then the labor. I don't know if they had to remove the intake manifold off that particular vehicle in order to get to three of those part plugs but it's according what they had to remove and how long it's going to take for that job so what why might there be a range well it's according where you take it to and how much an hour they're going to charge you like i say if you can just take the spark plugs out by removing the ignition coils it's pretty easy but if you had to start removing the intake manifold that takes a couple hours to take it off and put it back on then you're going to pay for that labor you know coach I have been reflecting all week on that call we had last week from the guy who said, if you're going to buy a new car from us, you must buy X, Y, and Z additives because we got to make some money. The add-ons, yes. Yeah. That 
you know, it really got me to thinking that, you know, these are businesses and the mechanic is a business. And if he's got overhead and if he feels like he needs to charge you for this, he can always ask (laughs) and say, I want to charge you for this. And then you have to decide whether you want to do business with that individual or that corporation or that place. And that's always getting that second opinion and going out and doing the research. Like I say, because mechanical jobs, all mecha- well, first of all, all technicians are paid by flat rate, and that's how long it takes to do the job. If they do it quicker, they get paid more. If they do it, lo- it takes longer, they get paid less. But still, they're going to get the same amount no matter what. It's just their time. So even with these spark plugs, if it took somebody two hours, if the book called for two or three hours and it took them that long or it took them longer, because sometimes it does take longer, because especially if you ain't got a, a technician that has the experience in order to do it easier, then it's going to take longer. The company's not going to charge anymore, but it's going to take that technician longer. But spark plugs, if you're going to get them from the OEM, that's the uh, manufacturer. If you're going to get them from the original equipment manufacturer part, that part's always going to cost you more. So if you took it to a, a dealership, it's going to cost you more because they're going to use Toyota parts, and Toyota parts cost more than aftermarket. All right. All right. Uh, so let's uh, uh, let's let's do. Hey, let's hear what you work on. I mean, you have friends. You, you don't have a, a shop that you've set up, but you have friends who bring things, and you've got your own vehicles. What's the last thing you've worked on? Well, like I say, I just got through putting uh, spark plugs in a um, 2018 uh, Ford F-150. Okay, it was sixty-eight dollars for the. I mean, yeah, thirteen ninety-five for the plugs, twenty ninety-five. Ended up costing eighty-five dollars for the plugs. Okay, well, me and him always trade out, so it didn't cost him anything for labor. But that was a hundred dollars for spark plugs. Okay, uh, matter of fact, Monday I'm going to. Well, tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to work on a Subaru. I'm going to put brakes on front of a Subaru, and then I'm going to work on a Ford Ranger and seeing why it will not stay cranked. All right. So doing so many different things, and and that's a good thing about being where I'm at, that all the people I know, I work on so many different things. If it's electronics, if it's fuel, if it's brakes, if it's transmission, whatever it may be, that I'm going to get in there and see what's wrong with them. And once again, trying to help people. Recalls. So uh, Dodge is recalling model year 2017 and 18 journeys over dimly lit amber side reflex reflectors that's i didn't think the reflectors had light i thought i guess maybe there's a light bulb behind it or yeah, something the, what we used to call those were the park lights oh oh okay at least right. they're not exploding right that's right that's right that's right jay white you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the national highway traffic safety administration's website nitsa nhtsa.gov slash recall and input your vin number or find their safer car app Folks, don't forget, our email address is auto at mpbonline.org, and you can just give, instead of calling the show today, we want you to call 1-888-372-GIVE to make a contribution. So, Coach, we, oh, no, we just got an email. I'm going to read to you because BB emailed us a 2004 escape with a rough idle. I think it's a vacuum leak, but how do I find the leak? 
check engine light is on and it says replace the EGR, which I've done twice. Any ideas? Well, let's do the EGR first. Um, a lot of times when you replace an EGR valve, there are two um, pipes that go there. It uh, connects to the intake. And that EGR valve lines, they get stopped up with carbon. And that is usually the problem. It's usually not the EGR valve. It's usually those lines stopped up with carbon. So I would say clean those out. And then it, on a vacuum leak, you should hear a hissing sound, more like a pssst like a snake so you should hear that hissing sound and that will be help you locate the uh, vacuum leak in there all right i will email bb back with the time of when we answered bb's question and there's one more yay folks i'm glad you're still calling it you're emailing in also make sure you make a contribution oh we're gonna have to uh uh, Medrick, we're going to have to print this one out. It's kind of long. All right, let's go to one of the emails we uh, we have previously. This is from Dave. Dave is, the subject is BCM. Oh, okay, body control module. Is it advisable for a shade tree mechanic to change the body control module what is involved? Does a dealer have to do it? If you think about a body control module, that is one of the uh, computers in the car, and that certain body control module controls the windows, the locks, and several other things in that vehicle. The, you could change the body control module, but the only thing is a lot of those body control modules had to be reprogrammed. So you'd probably have to find either a dealer or somebody that has a scan tool that could reprogram that body control module. All right. So if they're a shade tree mechanic, they got to be a pretty good one right. to have all of the gadgets and gizmos. In order to, uh, and I like to say all body control modules do not have to be uh, programmed. Some of them are uh, plug and play, but you just need to make sure what's going on. All right. Okay. Man, we're we're zipping through these again. This is from this is from one spiritidol. Okay, anyway. Uh, new transmission or torque converter clutch. We have a 2010 F-150 four-wheel drive with 115,000 miles. Three months ago, we took it in for a tune-up. Then we started to notice a roaring sound sometimes while driving. Took it back to the mechanic last week. He said it was the torque converter clutch, but he recommended we get the entire transmission rebuilt. He said replacing just the TCC will fix it sometimes, but can't guarantee it. Quoted price for the transmission rebuild is $2,000. Coach, what would you recommend? Well, first of all, in 2010, to rebuild that transmission is going to cost you a little bit more than $2,000. Uh, they're usually about 3500 for that uh, transmission. But if you think about if he told you it was the torque converter and that was the roaring sound and he's telling you now that you need a transmission rebuild, uh, I'll be a little skeptical because he told you that it was a torque converter. And the torque converter, what happens is that the transmission fits inside the torque converter. So the torque converter and the transmissions are really two different entities of that vehicle. So what I would do is get a second opinion on this. I would take it to somewhere like Amco or some uh, Ramco or anywhere that you know that is a good transmission shop. Have them check it out. And most of those transmission shops will check it out for free. 
have it done, and then go from there. Because, like I say, if he told you it was a torque converter, well, then I would say replace the torque converter, uh, not rebuild the transmission. That's that's why we got a different vehicle is because someone, a couple of places said we needed a new transmission and the vehicle wasn't worth that and we wanted to be safe so that it didn't break down some other time. So that's when we decided to go with a different vehicle. Yeah, always get a second opinion if you're going to do any major work, if it's a transmission, if it's an engine, if it's a rear end or anything where you're going to spend an excessive amount of money, go ahead and get somebody else's opinion to make sure that everybody's on the same page because you know, not saying a technician is going to try to rip you off or anything, but they don't know everything as well. You know, everybody's learning, especially new uh, products, new technology. So everybody's learning it, you know, so just give a second opinion. When you are, do you think it's more reliable or you should do both? If you're looking for a second opinion to ask people or to read reviews online? Well, you can do the research online as well, and you can ask people. But the main thing is, if something's wrong with your car, you need to take it to somebody reliable so they can look at it. Because what you're hearing and what they're hearing or what you're seeing and what they're seeing may not be the same thing that you're describing or even the same thing that you're reading about. So take it to the uh, technician. Tell them everything about the vehicle. And don't tell them you're taking it somewhere else, you know, because then they're, you you sort of fog up their mind. When you start telling a technician about this, this, and this is what you've done, well, then that tells them, well, I'm not going to do this. But yet that could have been the problem somewhere else. Okay. All right. Let's do uh, another one. We have got, uh, this is from Cindy. Cindy says, my brakes are noisy after a rain, even if the car has been parked in the garage. Any ideas? Well, you know, brakes, you got different types of brakes. You got ceramic brakes, you got uh, organic brakes, you got semi-metallic brakes, and different brakes make different noise you know we say that once we put brakes on they shouldn't make any noise at all but that's not really the thing a lot of times you put brakes on if you didn't do everything to the vehicle maybe change rotors or turn the rotors or changed all the hardware a lot of times you still will get some noise down through there but in the rain what happens is that or any type of I would say high humidity is that if the vehicle has been sitting for a while a lot of times the rotors will rust They'll get a film of rust on them, and that's the first thing that's going to come off of it is that rust, and you will hear that uh, in the brake system. So it's hard to tell you exactly what would be the cause of that, but I would have the brakes checked, make sure there's not a rock or something, some foreign material inside that brake pad, and then check the rotors and all to make sure that they're smooth and there's no ridges and all in them. Okay, let's let's take a little deeper dive. I want you to repeat some of the things you said. We're gonna let's talk about brakes a minute. So if you uh, tell me again, what were the different kinds of brakes? Well, you got uh, three or four different types of brakes. You got organic brakes. Those were your cheapest brakes. Those are the ones that you've seen on vehicles for years and years. And then you came to a semi-metallic brake. And the semi-metallic brake, you had organic material and you had metal material. And then you had all metallic brakes, okay? And it was strictly 
pieces of metal embedded into the brake pad. And then you have a ceramic brake, and that is, you know, ceramic is glass. So different brakes will stop the vehicle in different ways. You know, like the sports cars and all, you're going to have ceramic brakes on those. Then you'll have semi-metallic on most of your vehicles today that you have semi-metallics, okay? Organic brakes, uh, they're the, was the real real cheap brake pads. And now, they, what in the heck is an organic? I mean, organic chemistry is carbon-based. Is this, what? what's these, organic these brakes? These are carbon-based brakes. Oh, okay. And what happens, they're the ones that produce so much dust uh, that you would see on your wheels. Okay? I hate that. So, I hate that. Yes. I hate that. All that dust is really coming from those brake pads coming up. You know, they're not coming apart, but they're just disintegrating as you use them. I hate that. So that's what I have on my Dodge Grand Caravan, and it doesn't have a wheel cover. cover. So the that dust and stuff is all... I hate that. Right. The, the uh, ceramic brakes, you don't have as much dust, but the organic, you'll have a lot of dust. Even in the semi-metallic, you have a lot of dust because you got both composites in there. So if you have to get your brakes replaced... Like my brakes that are have the organic carbon dust, can you go up a stage, or do you need to replace with what you've already had? No, you can always go up, and as you go up, you know the price goes up, <laughs> yeah, and then course. the and then the rotors. Now, one thing about ceramic brakes, they will eat those rotors up a lot quicker than the organic brakes. Oh, okay. So you, it's according to what you're doing. Same thing with clutches. If you uh, if you have a ceramic clutch in there, it's going to eat the uh, flywheel up a little quicker so that i guess if something were perfect everybody would buy that that's right and then but then there's nothing nothing's perfect well, i think that's why we have so many choices because of what you want to replace you know you can be the cheapest you can be in the middle or you can be the expensive there you go uh, life lessons coach gives us some great life lessons Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. With cooler weather upon us, it's time to get out with friends and family, get out in nature, maybe go to a pumpkin patch or an apple orchard, and just really enjoy being outside. And the vehicle we have this week is a perfect one to take your family and friends along. It's a 2023 Mazda CX-50. The CX-50 is Mazda's new compact crossover, but it has a lot more muscular styling than their other crossovers, and I like it a lot. It looks like it can actually get outdoors and hit a trail. Inside, this one has a brown leather interior with heated and ventilated seats in the front, heated steering wheel, heads-up display, and all the safety gear. Underneath the hood, a 227 horsepower turbocharged four-cylinder engine. And it still gets pretty good gas mileage. It's peppy, but it gets good gas mileage. 23 miles per gallon in the city, 29 on the highway. So let's talk about price. The CX-50 starts right at $27,500. This one is equipped, $43,290. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, you know, uh, as we're having a drive today for you to, con uh, to contribute to MPB, my uh, tip of the week would be let me help save you some money on working on your cars. Please contribute to MPB. Yep. Your contributions help fund this show, Fix It 101, Gestalt Gardener, all these tips you get for free, but we can't bring them to you for free. We need, we're a listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. So we're not taking phone calls this morning. We would love for you to make your contribution at 1-888-372-GIVE 
or go online to mpbonline.org or go to the MPB Public Media app. It's got a great big support button right at the very top. Okay, so in the news, Coach, the number one selling vehicle so far in 2022 sold three times as many as the number 10. And, Coach, I'm sure you know who is still number one, the Ford F-150 series. They have sold 467,307 units so far. I wonder if they delivered them yet. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. I don't know. Number two, Chevy Silverado. Three, Ram Pickup. Four, Toyota RAV4. Five, Toyota Camry. Six, Honda CRV. Woo woo. Toyota Tacoma. Jeep Grand Cherokee. Toyota Corolla. GMC Sierra. Any of that surprise you? It wouldn't be a surprise. They're all still rolling off the assembly line, and we're still buying. Okay. So it is drive time, and we want you to, you know, make your contributions, uh, mpbonline.org, and I'm going to give you a bonus in the news. So you'll have to tell me what you think about this one. This was from a YouTube expert, <laughs> Whiteboard Finance, for f- financing new uh, vehicles, RVs, motorcycles, he's come up with a 20-4-10 rule. He thinks you should put 20% down, have no more than four years, and your payment should be no more than 10% of your income for each month. Oh, that'd be great because right now, you know, you got payments up seven to $800 and people just can't afford that. You know, you... Uh, Instead of 20%, I would say just put as much as you can down. I know we're putting like 60% down, you know, so if you can put as much as you can down on that vehicle, that means that payment. You know, when we had payments for $375, we thought those were high. And now you got payments that are six and $700, $800, you know, that's high. Well, and they found this out during the COVID. They're not selling cheap cars anymore. Not at all. They they are all expensive. And so uh, you're in trouble if you're trying to make it 10% of your payment. You may need to shrink down what you can afford. Well, you know, like he said, don't uh, finance more than four years. Well, you know, that car loses about 10, 20, or 30% as soon as it rolls off that lot. After four years, you're really not going to get a lot for your car. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go to some more emails. We've got some just while we've been on the show, so that's what we're going to do. Let's go to uh, T. Coleman. Do you have that one? My very first new vehicle, it's a Toyota Yaris 2017. Very basic car. Almost everything has had to be ordered. Two questions. One, I had to change rear wheel hub. New hub does not match old hub, so cannot connect ABS sensor, so all lights are on dash. Found out car was made in China or Japan. New ABS line, about $450. What can be done? Well, first of all, if it's any type of car, they do make several parts for their I would go back to whoever sold you the parts, make sure they gave you give you the correct hubs because since your ABS lights are not working, that means that your ABS is not working on your vehicle. And there's other things that that ABS controls, and that's in your braking system, that's traction control. So there's a lot of different things that ABS controls. So you want to make sure that you go back to wherever you got them and tell them they sold you the wrong um, parts. And first of all, whoever put them on should have known knew that before they put them on. 
All right. The second question is, dash, don't have temperature dash gauge like I'm used to looking at in the older models. Only has the temperature water light, which is blue. How to set up something where I can actually see what the temperature gauge range is, uh, what I'm looking at. Well, once again, you go to the auto parts store, get an analog gauge, and you can uh, hook it up to that sensor on the engine, and it will read that temperature for you. Okay. There you go. Good luck, T. T. Let's go to the Ford Fusion. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read this. And Okay, here we go. It's a 2008 Ford Fusion. I have a 08 Ford Fusion with low mileage that I inherited from my father. He had not had the airbag recall dealt with. When I took it to the Loker dealership, they replaced the airbag recall and additionally discovered an additional recall that had to do with the braking system, which they also fixed. After the brake repair, the car showed a code that indicated there's a safety issue with the brakes. They are after more than two weeks still waiting for authorization from Ford to fix the car and clear the code. Ford blames the de oh dear. Ford blames the dealership and the dealership blames Ford for not navigating the system to fix the problem. I've been on the phone with Ford and the dealership for hours almost every day trying to navigate the problem and explain expedite the authorization of repair or release of the car everyone involved knows that the abs light is on the dash has been on since the car was new with no problems the only thing throwing the the years is that brake brake fluid has to be added every two months or so ford and the dealership is saying they are both now waiting for authorization from the Special Services Support Center, for which they have no contact other than to make the request and wait for a response, which may take days, weeks, or months. Wow. I am hoping you could possibly give some a direction in navigating this seemingly overly complicated and irrational situation. Well, the first thing I would do, uh, if you're having this problem and it didn't start until after they fixed your car, I would go over to, uh, I would, first of all, I'd get into the uh, owner's menu manual and go to the uh, manufacturer website or the manufacturer's customer service because, once again, Ford or whoever, if it's Dodge or any of them, they do not want any bad publicity out there. So go to the customer service. They will get with the dealership because, you know, sometimes you can just bypass them completely and just go straight to the customer service. They'll go to the dealership and they will help take care of this matter. But the first thing you were saying in your uh, email is that you said that you had to add brake fluid to the vehicle every two months, every two months or so. Well, first of all, if you're adding brake fluid, it's going somewhere. That means it's leaking. Uh, it does not evaporate. You will see it. So I would find out where it's leaking because only the safety part of braking system would be that if you had a leak somewhere and you're losing brake fluid, that red light's going to come on the dash and it's going to show you that there may be a problem in the pressure system. So I would do that. But all the other uh, problems you have, I would go to the customer service. Uh, not at the dealership, go to the main customer service from the manufacturer and tell them the problem you're having, and they will get right on it. That's when a mediator is needed. An arbitrator will come Arbitrator, there, yes. somebody needs to, to fix that out. Well, good luck. Good luck with that. Let's do another one that we just got in this morning. Uh, Susan has an Audi Q7 EPC lights. Uh, what's EPC lights? sporadically won't start. I don't know. 
I have a 2010 Audi Q7 with 135,000 miles. In 21, when we had that cold snap, I went to the store, and when I returned to the car to leave, it wouldn't start. Sounded like the battery was dead. It wasn't. The EPC lights and check engine lights came on. I had it towed to a specialty shop. They replaced the vacuum line and brake booster hoses, the starter, the valve cover, ignition coils, and spark plugs. It happened again in August of 2021. They replaced the battery, the transfer case oil, and serviced the transmission. I don't think they ever addressed the actual issue, and it seems to be a gremlin from reading forums that others have had in similar problems with Audis and VWs. It started happening again a couple of months ago. It seems to only happen when I return return to start the car from being in a store from a short time. The difference this time is that I didn't tow it to the shop again, and I just kept trying to start it. It usually takes less than five minutes, and it will start obviously this isn't optimal getting stuck filling up gas is not fun oh oh susan just became a sustainer oh yay that is great that that means susan made a contribution and it gets uh contributed monthly so thank you so much so Goodness gracious, what a, what's first, what's an EPC light? Well, that's something to do with your electrical system. And really what we got here is, first of all, they did not address your problem. I don't know why they did all this other stuff, uh, replace vacuum lines and brake boosters, hoses and all. I don't know why they did all that. But it sounds like to me that if the vehicle turned over, if the engine would turn, because you said it usually takes less than five minutes, it will start. So that means, that tells me that the engine is turning or something. I would check the fuel system on this vehicle. There may be a relay, a delay relay or something that is controlling the fuel system because that's what it sounds like to me if it's not the battery. If you got good power to the starting system and it's turning over, you're not going to have uh, all these other problems as of changing vacuum lines and ignition coils, you know, because really a check engine light is going to come on and tell you that some of this stuff is bad or that you need to check it but it, to me I'm sorry it looks like you spent several hundred or maybe a couple thousand dollars to get all this stuff done that they have uh, done and had not solved your problem so I'd go back to the wherever I had it take it back to them and tell them that you didn't solve my problem but you call you charged me all this money and try to negotiate them and trying to fix that problem give them a chance to make it right right Oh, Coach Charlie, we just think the the the, the world of you. <laughs> this well, thank you. Been Coach Charlie's one year anniversary for being our expert host on AutoCorrect. We're gonna wrap it up now. Our board engineer is Jay White. Man, we're so glad he's part of our. I can't see him because we got a balloon in the way. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.